This morning, I want to bring a very simple message. <coughs> uh, some of you will be very pleased to hear that. Um, but it's a simple message of encouragement, I trust, simply because we're looking at uh, uh, going through the book of Proverbs, and, uh, and I'm grateful to Emma for giving me the, the picture that's on there now, which related to last week, in case you wonder what that's got to do with perseverance. It hasn't. Um, but it did have relevance when Emma spoke last week about plans and making plans and having paper and putting your glasses down and all this sort of thing. So um, if you didn't hear last week's message, do, because I'm just going to refer back to it once or twice this morning. But this morning we're going to look at Proverbs and Perseverance. And um, I believe that perseverance in our faith is something that is very relevant for us at the moment. Perhaps it's always been true when you look at Scripture, because Scriptures, as we will see, uh, talk about persevering. And so this is not a new message, but it is just a message that comes out in Scripture. But I believe also that simply because of the days in which we live uh, and the pressures uh, that we are facing, perhaps individually as families, that this message uh, of hope, uh, of uh, encouragement, I trust will help to give you um, some uh, stronger foundations in your life to be able to withstand the stuff that comes at us day by day. So that's my heart, and uh, um, there'll be time to pray at the end for anyone who particularly feels they'd like to have prayer. Um, <clears throat> but I wonder sometimes whether uh, we, we actually have felt like we just want to give up on our Christian faith. Um, <clears throat> it could be you've been disappointed and maybe some of the plans, and this comes back to what we heard last week, some of the plans that, that, that you had or maybe hoped for haven't come to fruition in the way. And I think last week uh, Emma touched the nerve with many of us when she talked about how we often put our plans uh, ahead of God's plans for us. And it's a bit humbling when we have to admit sometimes that we've actually got it wrong. And it's, it's not easy because pride comes in the way. And so, uh, again, uh, we just need to um, stand back and see what Scripture has to say for it. It may, Maybe also that you feel that your, your faith is more of a duty than a delight. It's, well, you know, it's sort of just what we do what we do on a Sunday morning, it's what we do perhaps midweek, maybe the, the logistics of, uh, of just uh, working out our Christian life together in a church, is, it's so easy to do uh, and become a duty rather than delight, and I'm not suggesting that everything should be a delight all the time, but sometimes we get a little bit uh, weighed down with that, so we're going to look at three verses in Proverbs chapter 4 and verses 25 to 27. <clears throat> and it says this, let your, gaze, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you, make level paths for your feet and take 
only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. And that is the message. That is all I'm going to say. Well, I'm going to say a little bit more, but that is essentially it. It's very clear, uh, I hope, um, because Scripture, again, is so clear when it comes to giving us guidance on how we should live. So there's just three keys here, one with each sentence, which I hope uh, will help us a little bit. But I'd also, with encouragement, want to just give you a bit of a challenge, and that is I'm going to be um, reading quite a number of scriptures, quite a number of verses, and what I'd like you to do is to uh, make a note somehow or remember what these verses are, and then sometime later on today, uh, if or when you have time, not if you have time, but when you have time, is just to sit down quietly, maybe with a cup of tea or something, and just read through these and just pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal something of what he wants to share with you about these verses, about persevering, about not losing faith. It's interesting that the day before uh, Jesus died... Uh, he was talking with his disciples. It's all in John uh, 15, 16, 17, around about, there, that, around about there in John's Gospel. And he prays uh, some amazing prayers, one of which is he, pray, he talks to Peter, and he says to Peter, I've, I'm praying for you, I have prayed for you, that your faith does not fail. Now, he was the man who was... The, perhaps the, the, the leader of the disciples, one who was always up front, always saying, I'll do whatever you want, Lord. And yet, the night before Jesus dies, here he is, uh, no doubt going through agony of spirit himself as to what was going to happen the next day. And yet he still had time to pray for Peter that his faith would not fail. Wow, what a, what a man this Jesus is. What a man. You know, to be thinking about uh, Peter at that moment. And he prays other things there. So one of my prayers this morning is our faith, your faith, my faith, will not fail us in these days. So, <clears throat> yeah, if you want, I just really want to encourage you and challenge you to meditate and pray on these verses. So the first verse, verse 25, and uh, it says simply, let your eyes look Straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. And this speaks to me very simply of keeping our focus and trust in God. It's as simple as that. And um, in Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3, uh, we have these words. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, there's that word, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When I was at school, I discovered... Uh, that I could run. And um, you might think that's a bit strange, you know, when you're at school, you've, you know, you do run, I suppose. But I discovered that 
actually, I could do it, and I quite enjoyed doing it, and I preferred cross-country running. I, I just enjoyed cross-country running. I don't know what it was about it, the mud, the uh, going up paths through, you know, the, the messier the better. Uh, I just loved it. It also meant that you could get into the showers before the rugby guys got there. So, um, anyway, um, so, of course, you all, you have this training, and uh, you build up to the competition at the weekends, because we used to run against other schools. Uh, we went into different comp- competitions. But the key was the training. It wasn't what was, wasn't what was uh, you know, the glory of winning the race at the end, although that was your aim. But to get to that point, you had to fix your attention on training. And sometimes that was tough. Sometimes you did get dirty. Sometimes you fell. Sometimes uh, you needed the encouragement and others... And I think the apostle, the, the, the person who wrote the book of Hebrews here, the writer, uh, maybe have some, something of the Olympic um, picture in his mind of, of, of athletes running um, uh, the race that's marked out for them. Their, their aim was to finish the race. And I didn't always win. In fact, I very rarely won races. But I think on most occasions I did finish and I just want to say to us this morning, it's not a competition, our Christian lives, to be the first. Actually, it's to fix our eyes on Jesus, to be part of it, to know that uh, we, are, uh, we are running with others. And so um, God has marked out a race for each one of us. I believe that for each one of us, we have a destiny in God this morning. Do you believe that? Do you think your life is just, well, coincidence that you just happen to be here? Or do you believe, as Scripture says, that he has good plans for you, that he has, he has created us in his image to display his glory? And so nothing can happen to us outside of God's uh, how can I put it, outside of God's destiny for you this morning. And that's a great reassurance to us. And so as we look, keep our eyes fixed, as it were, on the end of the race, it's relying in Jesus in our circumstances. It's not that Jesus takes the circumstances away. And this is relevant for us at the moment because it could be that you are in difficult circumstances right now for whatever reason and scripture tells us that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith he's the one who's initiated uh, that relationship with you and he's going to perfect that faith in you it's often when you have um, when they interview athletes after they've won a race or they've won a medal uh, the interviewer will sometimes say something like you know uh, uh, how, how did you achieve this? And they will, they will say, almost all of them, it was by hard work, training. You know, it's, it doesn't just happen. And there is a bit of a discipline in our, in our Christian lives that we just need to keep focusing on Jesus. That's why it's so good to be together on a Sunday morning, because we encourage one another. And then verse 26 uh, is the next one. And it's this, make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. 
And that speaks to me of our need of good foundations in your life. Um, Right now, um, next door to where we live, there's a very big housing development taking place. And it's just started a few weeks ago. And it's going to take a couple of years to complete. And they're cutting down trees. They're beginning to level the ground and so that they can start digging foundations for the pipes, for the drains, and for the houses that are going to be built. But it doesn't just happen. They have to prepare for that. They have to have good foundations. And God has provided good foundations for you and me in Scripture. This is such a valuable book when it comes to foundations. Uh, A few weeks ago, we did a series on uh, foundations, good foundations, from Luke, sorry, from Acts 2.42, where it says they... The the, uh, believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. They they stayed true to Scripture. And I just want to encourage you this morning to allow Scripture uh, to soak into your being. Let, Let this, it's so hard sometimes just to say, well, just to spend time alone with God and just reading his words. Uh, but I just want to encourage you again at the outset of this new season in, in the church. Maybe it's a new season for you as a family with, um, with children going to school or a new work opportunity that's, that, that you're about to encounter. Uh, let us make sure or do not neglect the reading of God's word and receiving day by day his foundation. Um, if you don't have any particular devotional um, plan yourself or you want to have some ideas then I can recommend uh, some uh, apps uh, for your phone or your, your um, laptop. A Bible in one year is very good. Um, Lectio is another one and there are others that, that uh, you, you can explore and they just help you in the morning and in the evening to just to focus uh, your attention for a few minutes before the day starts or as the day comes to an end. So um, I hope that is helpful. It's interesting that the evangelist David Watson, who some of you may have heard of, uh, told the story of when he was called into the garden by the frightened cries of his daughter, who was being chased by a bee. He wrapped his arms around her, and then she felt his body go tense. He let her go and said to her, "'You don't need to worry anymore, darling.' The bee has stung me. And then I just want to again just remind us of what we've already reminded ourselves as we've uh, shared communion together. But the very basic foundation of our lives is that God has revealed himself to us in Jesus and that he sent Jesus to die on that cross. It is a simple message, but one that, again, we need to be eternally and daily thankful for And just going back to this story on the cross, it was as though Jesus wrapped his arms around us and took the sting of death for us. What a wonderful uh, truth that is. We will still die uh, if Jesus doesn't come before. But for everyone trusting in Christ, the sting of death has been removed through the cross and the resurrection. And as David Watson said to his daughters, bees don't sting twice. Praise God. (laughs) He died once for all. 
the, the, uh, the godly for the ungodly, that we might come to God. It's by grace that we have been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. It's, it's, it's not of ourselves. It is his gift. Do you like receiving gifts? I do. Well, what a gift this is. This is an eternal gift that you and I can be, we will be eternally singing his praises for. And so it says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 16, it's not on the screen, but uh, just make a note of it. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere, again that word, persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearts. And so we have a responsibility for our own lives as well. We have a responsibility to watch our lives and our doctrine. It says in Romans 5, verses 1 to 5, and again, I don't think that's on the screen, uh, but make a note of it, Romans 5, 1 to 5, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's what you have. That's what we have. We have peace with God. Is that something you want this morning? Peace with God? Peace is at a premium <laughs> if you believe the, the media. But in Scripture, there's plenty of it. And Jesus again prays for his disciples. Peace I give to you. So I'd love to pray um, uh, later, perhaps, for that. Now, let's just go back. We have, uh, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. There's that word again. Perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not de- disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Then the third, so that was good foundations, just touching on it. The third one, verse 27, do not swerve to the left or to the right. And this speaks to me very simply of distractions, being aware of distractions that can turn our hearts away from the Lord. You must remember that Satan wants to knock us off course, to coin a phrase. The Bible tells us that Satan is a deceiver, he's a liar, he's a fraud, he's an accuser, and there are other expressions. And so uh, we must expect uh, that we will... um, that we will have distractions because the last thing that Satan wants for our lives is to spend time with God, for us to, uh, to, to persevere in our faith. And uh, there's just um, a, a, a few things here that come out. We live in a culture of fear, I, I want to suggest this morning. Perhaps more than ever before, we live with this drip, drip. It may, they may not say fear, but it's there. It's the way that news is presented, the way that we receive that. And I'm indebted to my good friend here, Alex, for uh, having conversations with him over the last couple of years about this whole subject, which has helped me um, just to, 
to grasp what is underneath some of uh, what's going on. And um, uh, it's, it's pretty negative. And um, uh, we can become infected, uh, affected by that. It, it can infiltrate us in, into, our, into our lives as a church. Um, but I was just thinking about this. How do we, how do we um, counter... Uh, the, the, these, these dangers that, that are around us, these temptations to, to, cons- to, to give away. And with social media, for example, I thought, well, it's here to stay. And as much as some of us may not want it to stay, it's going to stay, I, I think. But how about this? Let social media be a servant to you rather than you being a slave to it. And uh, I say that uh, respectfully because I think it's so easy for us to get into uh, stuff and be enslaved uh, by this sort of thing. It's interesting, Lily Allen, the, um, the singer, wrote in one of her songs called The Fear, she said this, it's actually the refrain, I don't know what's right and what's real anymore, and I don't know how I'm meant to feel anymore And when do you think it will all become clear? Because I'm being taken over by fear. And I want to pray this morning that that is not our experience. It's not your experience that you're taken over by fear. We will be fearful from time to time, but we need to remind ourselves of the words of Jesus uh, that he will bring uh, peace. So uh, Hebrews 12.1 says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, that race marked out for us. We've already read that. And if you want to look a little bit more into um, the perseverance in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 30, there's a great call in that whole section from the writer of the Hebrews, and it finishes actually verse 35. So do not throw away your confidence in God. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what has been promised. There's a little key in the verse, two verses before we started in Proverbs 4, verse 23. It says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And that's a massive word for us this morning. Above all else, whatever else is happening, guard your heart. Guard your heart. <laughs> what, what do you allow your heart to receive? What, what, do you, what do you allow to come into your heart, to your emotions, to uh, your attitudes? Um, because the heart is the wellspring of life. The heart uh, brings life. Um, so how do we apply all this? I think we're on to the next, the next uh, screen. These are very, very, uh, very quickly go through these. First of all, how do we apply this? Perseverance in the face of persecution. Some of you may already have been persecuted for your faith in your workplace or your school. Maybe you've been ridiculed or you've been blanked out. You've been scorned because of your faith. The context of perseverance in the New Testament is... Excuse me. The context is of early believers being persecuted for their faith.
in a Roman pagan culture. So suffering was normal for many of those believers. And so we get this call, one letter after another, to persevere. And uh, I just want to pray, actually, I'm going to pray now for those of you who are in a work situation where, you, where it has, for some reason, you've, you've, um, you've been blanked out or you've tried to share your faith or whatever, and you've felt that hurt and that offence um, because people didn't receive that. And I just want to pray. Let, let's just pray. Father, I just want to pray for everyone who's in a work or school, college situation, everyone who's um, in that sort of environment, office work. Uh, Lord, I believe that Satan wants to quieten, to, to silence our heart, to silence our message. But Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will change the atmosphere in the schools and the uh, workplaces uh, it, it, that we are involved in. Lord, I pray that the beginning of this new term for, uh, for, for those who are teachers um, and stepping up perhaps into a new environment or a new situation, and for those at work as well, Lord, perhaps going back after the holidays, Lord, I just want to pray in Jesus' name that you will protect your people and that uh, nothing will come against them uh, that will dis- that that will uh, that will cause them unnecessary grief. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. May your blessing, may your atmosphere of love, just surround every school, every workplace, every home. In Jesus' name, Amen. But for the context, again, for many of the. Believers in the New Testament, uh, there was suffering. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, Therefore we do not lose heart, although outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's a massive word for someone like me. Now, outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. What a great promise that is, whatever age you happen to be, 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 be at. And, and I'd love to be in that same attitude of heart that, that, that Paul wrote, you know, these troubles are nothing compared with the light, you know, the glory that's going to be revealed. I'm not sure I'm there. I'm sure I'm not. But that's, that, was their, that was their heart. Nothing stopped them. And in those many facing persecution today in countries around the world, and I've often wondered how I would cope in that situation. And I just don't know. They had nothing to hold on to other than Jesus. And there's something in that um, that uh, enables people to do that. And um, in, uh, the second thing is perseverance in prayer. For family, for friends, for, nation, uh, for our nation, for neighbours. There's something about battling through in prayer sometimes. A persistence. A persevering. 
I'm even going to suggest here perseverance through prayer and fasting. And if you speak speak in, in tongues, to pray in the Spirit, to pray in tongues. I can't explain it all, but I know that God answers when we are, he knows our hearts, that we are willing to lay down certain things in time. How that works out, I don't know. You'll have to ask the Lord to help you with that. But there is something dynamic. There's something in the spirit. There's something in the heavenly uh, places where God is able to do things beyond our wildest imaginations. And we're working through that as as a family, as a couple, where we've seen some extraordinary results. But now this week, a couple of other things have cropped up. And we're thinking, oh, I thought we got through that. We've got to get back on our knees. And and I just feel that call to persevere. I don't want it to be a heavy thing, but I just want it to be a delight. And sometimes I'm thinking, oh, you know, where's this going? Where's this going? But I think what God is after is our hearts. He's after our hearts, really. That's that's what it boils down to. Do, Do we want his glory enough? It's, it's hard. I have to confess, I don't sometimes. So um, let's be those who persevere in prayer. When we have prayer times uh, each month of the church, let's, let's come together with that expectation of, uh, of praying. When we have the opportunity of going to, um, to Trinity for, for these events, if you can make it, then, um, yeah, uh, go. <laughs> and then thirdly, perseverance in, the serv- in our service for the Lord Jesus Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour for the Lord is not in vain. Don't allow what you perceive as restrictions to hinder you. So, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet (laughs) and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil.